0: And welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest this week is the legendary Eric Roberts. He's done such amazing work. He had a long, distinguished career. It basically takes you 15 minutes to scroll down his IMDB page. He's done so much stuff. We talk about what he's up to these days. He's still filming. He's in New York right now, filming some cameo work. Talk about one of his latest movies, Inside the Rain. We go back to Star 80. Talk about playing such an asshole, pretty much and one of my favorite roles of his was in Runaway Train which he got the best supporting actor nomination we talk about where he was when he found out about that the dark night to put his soap opera work such a great career and his wife Eliza joined in as well we talk about how they met and she was in animal house so we talk about that really really super guy and i hope you enjoy my conversation with them So Eric, I know you're filming in New York. Um, how did the um, pandemic, like, I know you're always busy, but how did that kind of affect you and um, being stuck at home?
1: Well, it makes going through airports a lot faster. faster and uh, besides that, the only difference is now when everybody doesn't have on a face mask, I get nervous. I so. right? Yeah, because you know, that's a that's little a little protection is that and uh, so i think everybody's got to do it until it's over and thank you Donnie. and uh so that's what we're doing we just we're just we're just going with the flow and going with the face mask
0: yeah. i'm uh i re- i work in new york but i'm i have been home at work for a few months now so i know you're there now how, how is it
1: well how is it in new york you mean yeah, yeah. But it's empty. It's weird. And there's no traffic in New York for the, for the first time in the 42 years I've known New York. There's no traffic. Exactly. And uh, no, that's not true. There's one snowstorm in like January of 1978 that, that shut down traffic for half a day. But there's no traffic. It's wonderful. Yeah. Are they are they allowing you to shoot? How does how that work right now? Yeah, but it's, it's uh, only the actors and the crew. Okay. Everybody's except the actors talking okay. and, uh, and it's very specific. Right. And our producer, you know, Maria is very, very right on it for us. And she like, she like yells at you, "Mass, mass, mass!" that kind of stuff. You know, it's like, it's like being in grammar school again, you know, but <laughs> all a part of it. Right. So when this is all,
0: all this is over, how is this going to affect the industry?
1: Hmm. Well, the great thing about what we do is unless it's live theater, you can get away with it all. Uh, you, I see a time when everybody will have to prove they've been tested after a certain amount of time, within like 48 hours, have to prove they're tested, blah, blah, blah. That's gonna have to happen now. And I don't know how we're gonna go about it, but, but it's gonna, we're gonna have to make people feel they're safe. They're gonna have to feel safe. So uh, we have to establish some kind of some kind of routine some kind of rules they go a b c d e f g shoot you know that kind of thing and uh but you know everybody really wants entertainment i mean i i i, I heard more oh no of the nba of, of the nba being canceled than i've ever heard before everybody was freaked out yeah so you know, need to get back so everybody has to help right and, so and yeah and those, like that's the only bad thing about the protests. Is it really shredded, I think. I mean, we, we don't know it yet because it hasn't been enough time. But man, it's going to be bad.
2: Well, everything's I mean, spreading it though. People are just people are just uh, they they're advertising that they're opening up Universal Orlando. I mean, they're you know there's a million gatherings. So at least the protests have a have an actual good purpose. The rest That's of this people are just.
1: Oh, I like I like the purpose totally, but but I'm so worried about. The mass, I mean, you know, they're out there out there doing the right thing and they're gonna get sick.
0: Right, and they already said there are spikes in Florida, Arizona, so, and it, it, it's just gonna get worse. I know New York is okay right now, but it's just gonna imagine when everyone goes back to work. No one's gonna to want to go on the subway. It was disgusting before, it's just gonna be worse when everyone gets back on there. <laughs>
1: it's
0: and it's, yeah. But like, you know, you mentioned like NBA and you know sports is slowly gonna come back and they can do stuff without fans, but you were on the stage. How is say Broadway gonna survive?
1: Well, I haven't been on Broadway for almost 30 years, so so uh, I'm not missing it per se. But, uh, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna ruin theater because you know people aren't gonna wanna go sit next to people they don't know. I mean, it's just common sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's such a driving force of like the city economy, uh, where they're gonna have every other seat open and that limits you know the capacity. I mean, there are a lot of you know question that still needs to be answered, which um, hopefully will be soon.
1: Yeah, we have to establish some rules and format.
0: Yeah, right. So like your career, I just watched um, Inside the Rain, which I really, I really enjoyed. I, I liked your little role in, in, in the movie. I know you uh, were kind of supportive about the whole um, you know, story of it. And you just talk a little bit about like why you chose that particular role?
1: Well, you know, the role for me was uh, was just fun. You know, I uh, out of the five hundred you know producers I've had in my career, probably probably twenty of them were some kind of a form of that guy. And I just put you them know, all all like together and tried to tried tried not to make him stupidly cliche, but fun cliche. You know, and uh, but the reason that I made the movie was because of the subject matter. I I I like really admired. his uh, his courage to tackle it because it's something we have to have to get and stay aware of. And that's psychotropics. Lots of people are on them. And uh, I was on them for off and on almost a decade. And it was one of the worst times of my entire life for my moods, my behavior, my understanding, my creative ability. A lot of it got hindered by those drugs. I I also took them at the beginning when they weren't even regulated during the, the Bush administration. So God knows what I was taking. But uh, it, it was horrible. And uh, so I don't recommend them from my experience. But lots of people need them and lots of people love them. And they work for them. So there's a place for them. So uh, we uh, have to stay aware. All
0: right. So I, I know like you're IMDB page you can scroll and it takes like 15 minutes just to get to the bottom but like how do producers casting directors how do they search you out like I know you, you don't have to audition anymore so how many of them actually you know see, search you out per day
1: well let's let's back that up okay I probably get on an average you'll have to ask the wife this but I probably get anywhere from three to a dozen offers every day right some are fine, some aren't they're all around the world from, uh, from, uh, from Russia to like Fiji, to Australia, to, to, uh, to Winifred city, Kansas. And, uh, and sometimes they're, they're real budgets. Sometimes they're, they're, they're very small budgets. Sometimes they ask me to come here for free for expenses. And uh, sometimes it's a whole movie. I mean, it can be, it runs the gamut. And my wife asked me in 1993, if you could do anything every day of your life, Eric, what would it be? I said, I'd be on a movie set. And she goes, that's not gonna happen. And then 2003 comes, and she goes, you know, they're starting to call for you direct now because people can, can afford cameras. And by 2008, we had lots of offers every day from all over the world. And she says, do you want to do this? I said, yeah. So we did, we started doing it. And from 2008 to 2018, we basically saw the world for free again and again, and uh, had fun.
2: Yeah,
0: Do you guys yeah. butt heads. You look
2: frozen.
0: Let me see what we can do about that. Okay, okay. I'll repeat. I think internet's a little, little unstable here. Do you guys butt? Yeah, heads-
2: internet's a little shaky.
0: You guys butt heads on like determining which roles that Eric should take.
1: Although, several times I've said stuff like, no, I don't want to do this. I'm just, yes, you do. <laughs> and I'll say, Why? Because this, 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 and this. And it'll be anything from because you haven't played that part and, you, and you've talked about it before to because that director is worth it, or because you always want to work with so-and-so, like with Rosie Perez. You, know, you always want to work with Rosie, but I'm not in a scene with Rosie, but you're in a movie with her, come on! <laughs> no, that's how we talk. And, uh, and we talk like friends who don't mind having opposing opinions, because you know we do about 30% of the time.
0: Do you actually know the parts you played? Like you said, you, you never played this part, you never played that part. Does she keep like a, a tally of it? Or do you actually know, I didn't play this, I didn't play
1: that? Well, I don't want to sound uh, obnoxious, but my wife is a bit of a genius. <laughs> Everything that's ever happened to her or me, yeah. like, it's, like, it's like living with a Britannica with a video camera. <laughs> that's what it's like. And uh, I have learned to love it.
0: Eliza, how did you two meet? <laughs>
2: We, we met on an airplane. Actually, we tell the story very differently, right. but we did meet on an airplane. We were—I was flying back to LA from working in Florida and New York, and um, Eric was flying to LA um, from working in. I, had you just come from Italy, or you're going to Italy? I know. Right afterwards, I went to France, and you went to Italy.
1: I was coming from Rome to New York to Los Angeles.
2: Los Angeles. Yeah. So he was—he was going to location and I was coming from location and we happened to be seated next to each other on MGM Grand Airlines. And, um, and you know, we both had scripts. I hid mine because I was like, oh, I don't want to talk shop. Right. Um, but he had, a ca- he had a cat with him. And, you know, in those days, only on that airline, you could actually carry your animal with you on, in the cabin. And I thought that was the sweetest thing in the world. He had this kitty. So that gave us something else to talk about other than, you know, showbiz. Um, but we just we just became friends. It was it was hilarious, just very quickly connected.
1: I need, I need to point something out though. As a single man, I knew how to travel. And I had a cat named Tinder. <laughs> That's not a chick magnet. I don't know what is. Right. Tender. <laughs> it's so soft. Is it gonna hold it?
2: yeah and a child magnet too because all the kids were who walked by wanted to pet the kitty yeah that uh that definitely was a big part of it the cat
1: right
0: (laughs) smart move you know you you know what works (laughs) exactly
2: Exactly.
0: so i i know um eric your your friend has a uh ed product called the phoenix right right. yeah about that product
1: well a very good friend of mine, we, we, we've we we've also worked together before in the past, is a bit of a genius. He's an inventor. And he comes to me and he says, I've invented the cure for ED. I said, well, good for you. have fun with that. He says, no, no, I need somebody, somebody famous to talk about it. And I said, but I don't have ED. And if I have it in my hand, it's all about ED. And everybody will think about my private parts. I don't want any part of that and he goes and he explained it to me and it made such sense about the cure for ed that i got on board because i don't have ed yet what? but you know, we're all going to have it now and it's going to happen yeah so the way he explained it was this you know uh there is a cure for ed and it's in all in all the sex clinics what they do is they it's a zap you for thousands of dollars with sound waves <laughs> along your shaft and it breaks up what is plaque in your bloodstream that that, that, that accumulates here. It's the same thing that, 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 that clogs up the heart works, clogs up the appendage works. It's, it's the exact same thing for the exact same way. It's about blood flow and we have plaque in our bloodstream and it just builds up. So this, it breaks the plaque and gives you back your blood flow. It's as simple and smart as that. And so when I heard that, I'm like, you know, well, we need, Somebody, he needs somebody who is not you know scared to talk about this, this very private issue that makes everybody think about your appendage. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we we need to get it out there because we're all going to suffer from it because we all have plaque in our bloodstream and it's all, and we're, and we're all going to have a time when we want to do something we cannot. So we have a remedy for it from John Hoffman and it's called the Phoenix. And, uh, it can be found at getmyphoenix.com that's right and getmyphoenix.com and i gotta tell you guys wait like, say this eliza i'm what, not
2: sure <laughs> go for it
1: i started using it twice a week because i'm like you're preempting any issues <laughs> and my and my wife and i don't have an issue with it and it's also, Easy to use. It's 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 non-invasive, and and it's we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna avoid any difficulties later on.
0: Right. Perfect.
1: Okay. Yeah, I,
0: I'm I'm good right now. So hopefully down the road I'll have to check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But um, going back for a, a few roles. Um, Star Eighty obviously was a legendary role role for you, and you played such a prick and um, like how like public do people treat you differently when you play such a, like an asshole on camera?
1: I got a story for you after star 80 for about half a dozen years. Right. I'd be walking down the street. I would see a woman recognize me walking towards me and she would cross the street. She would <laughs> see me and cross the street. And that happened more times than I can count. Literally. Right. Did you? So so the answer to your question is yes.
0: I mean, I, I know it's acting and it's your job, but do you find it difficult to play such a like despicable character like that?
1: You know, it's actually easier to play people that are extremely away from you because you have a target that you aim for. And so it's the outside in as opposed to the inside out, which which I also use. But when it's a really broad, really specific personality that's I mean I mean I mean I mean broad in that he's always like this and what whatever this is very specific. When that when that when that when that happens I uh, how do I put this so it's not too to uh, arty sounding um, I try to eventually brush the character's teeth, literally, like like of the way he would, he would do it and why he would do it. Because we all have our little you know private idiosyncrasies, and uh, I try I try to find his to replace mine, and it's like it's like putting a puzzle together, and it's really fun, and especially if it's a good writer, because you have really a pentameter to the speech that's only you know, specific to that character. And then I, I can actually put the words on like clothes and uh, it's really fun. Yeah. Right. Uh One of my I favorite- your question? It does,
0: totally, yeah. One of my favorite movies, not of yours, but of all time is Runaway Train.
1: Oh, thank you, dude.
0: I, I love it. You, you're you, both you and John Boy were were fantastic in it. Um, you deserve to win the Oscar, not just to be nominated. I, I, I thought. Um, do you know off chance how many times you said Manny during the movie? Oh no way, no. I'm just joking, but like it seemed like every other word was Manny, Manny, Manny. Manny. Uh,
1: yeah. But, yeah wh- wh- how was that shoot? Cause it, it looked like. Well, that it, has, hopes- has, a little, has a little back history to it. It's kind of cool. We were supposed to shoot it in Montana. And we up in Montana, ready to go. Here we go. We're going to make a movie. All right. And suddenly it thawed. And all the snow and all the ice was gone. So we sat there for six days while we watched it melt. And then I believe it was Golan says, it takes peace in Alaska. We go to Alaska. So he shipped the cast and the crew to Anchorage to a ski resort. And they got, they got, they got, they got, they got 14 miles of track right away that was just ours to go back and forth on all we wanted. And they, and they actually rented these trains. And you know, we we did the whole nine yards, and it, it was, it was, and it, and it all felt like it was a real emergency. Okay, guys, we're behind. Oh, go, 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 and and uh, just. It was not what it looked like, I gotta tell you. It was really spooky and really hard and really cold. Just just, just one example of how of how of how really different it actually looked from how it was. John Boyd weighed, now John Boyd is 6'1 or 2. John Boyd weighed 160 pounds. But he had no bodysuit, so he looked like he weighed 240, 260. He looked enormous. He was, he was not. And uh his performance. So that will always be one of my favorite performances in cinema because I knew what he went through to play that part. And he was so, he was an actor's example of what to do as an actor playing that And I love watching. Yeah. No, he he gave such a great performance. Now
0: I'd imagine you had stunt doubles that you weren't performing your own stunts outside the train. Correct?
1: Well, I got a story for you real quick. So, so back during star 80, Right. Bob Fosse wanted. He says, "You know, will you hang out a thirty-five-story window." I said, "For you, yeah." What? Why? He said, "Because I want—I want your face." And these guys hold you out the window. I want your face with that ground behind you. All the way I can get is about hold you out the window. Okay, great. All right, we're holding out the window. Wait, stop! He has to be a stunt man. That can't happen. So they had the Stuntman's Association guys show up and actually sign me up. Okay. It was obviously. Only have right, but they signed me up on a stuntman hanging out the window. So I was, I was, I was in a member of the stuntman association. So I started doing my own stunts, thinking I was cool, you know, I'd show up, get hit, fall down, you know, roll in front of, in like front of cars and stuff. I was having a great time. Then came on away train, and and uh, I'm behind John Just stunt double one day. I did all my own stuff for a lot of it, and I'm behind John Just stunt double, and we're on the outside of the train. The, the train's in about 40 miles an hour, but you know, we're roped off, we're tied off, we're safe. I slipped this much and I realized I could die. And I panicked. Get me out of I'm an idiot. What am I doing? This is stupid. I'm I'm like, I'm like, I'm a brave to stupidity. I can't do stuff. I'm an actor. And so from that moment to this, I don't do anything except talk. (laughs) Smart, yeah.
0: You remember where you were when you heard that you got nominated for the Oscar for that?
1: I do. I was on my way to my managers. It's on Seventh Avenue and Fifty Fourth Street. There's a donut shop. And he just walked out as I arrived and he said, Come here, let's have a donut. Walk in and he said, By the way, you got nominated for Kenny more today. I said, Oh my God, who wants a donut? And I bought the whole place donuts. Yeah. And uh, that that was my little moment of oh my god it happened i can't believe it let me let me share this and i get and i brought everybody done that
0: right (laughs) that's awesome how much did you have
1: like like still can make me cry when i think about it because it was that moment of it's like somebody punched you in the stomach but without hurting you oh my god yeah
0: now speaking of being punched like the boxing scene you and actually a young danny trejo in in the was that Corey? Did you actually have any like boxing experience
1: before that? Uh, uh, only uh, very minimally and uh, but you know at the Y kind of stuff. Yeah. And, 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 but but Danny Trejo was a uh, a a welterweight champ at Folsom so, and, he, and he did time with Eddie Bunker who, who wrote on Train. So Eddie Bunker said to me, picked a Mexican with the tattoo. I said, okay, pick t- the Mexican tattoo. Right. Okay, so line them all up. They're all Mexican, they all have tattoos. So I say, wait a second. And I go on and I, and I find Eddie and I say, they're all Mexican, they all have tattoos. What do I do? He describes the tattoo on his chest of a little, a little boy in the sombrero. I go back, I want that guy right there. I said, okay. He started crying. He was so happy. Right. And another, another Danny Trail thing, the first thing he showed is, is, I, is the, uh, the stunt coordinator says, Eric, you need to really hit him. Danny, is it okay if he hits you? He goes, for what they're paying me, you can kick my ass.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think he's died the most
0: on screen than any other actor right now. So <laughs> <Probably>. Yeah. <laughs> By
1: the way, he's one of the most gentle, kind, considerate, smart people I've ever known. Have you worked with him again? Uh, we've been in and out of probably five movies together, just but we, we're not, not actually on my screen at the same time. Right. right. Yeah.
0: Can you, can you watch yourself on, on screen? Like, if you're flipping through the TV at home, can you stop and watch yourself?
1: I stopped about 15 years ago watching anything I do. Okay. Every once in a while, though, because every place I am, I will turn on TV, and I can find me. <laughs> and sometimes, I'll oh, yeah, and I'll watch 20 minutes. Okay. Do you at least watch
0: watch the the the, fit and the finished product yeah. like once, or no? Um,
1: I haven't in about fifteen years. Okay, right. Okay.
0: After getting the nomination, Oscar nomination, were more roles coming to to you?
1: Well, yes. Uh, uh, but you know, uh, that career for about a thousand days and, uh, then it, then it gets soft, right. <laughs> but, but it, but it's a great thousand days. Yeah. <laughs> <I> bet, yeah. <laughs> uh, another role, obviously it was small, but it was, it was fantastic.
0: Dark Knight, which is probably the best, uh, comic book movie of, of all time.
1: Wale, what a DP, huh? Yeah.
0: Wow. Right. <laughs> Um, I don't know what it is about the Joker that gets people that award. It's just that, that, that a character, you know, Joaquin Phoenix and obviously the late Heath, Heath Ledger. Um, you had a couple on scene, you know, uh, moments with him. Just talk about just the experience
1: of working with him and just that whole movie in general. Heath was one of the sweetest cats going. And I heard, oh man, he's so into the role, you can't even approach He God, he's out of his mind. Not true, he was, he was an actor working. And in fact, uh, the uh, scene where all the bad guys run a table, and he's got that three-page monologue that he just kills. Yeah, we uh, did the the, uh, the the first time in rehearsal, and he gets through it, let it perfect, and stops. Goes, well, he's doing great, dude. <laughs> and, uh, he was just—he was approachable. He was sweet. He was kind. He was considerate. He was professional, and uh, he was calm.
0: Mm-hmm. Good cat yeah have, have, have did you ever watched that movie from front to the end
1: i have yeah because 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 of wally's work. you while know, Wally he pitched the uh, the dp uh i mean i knew what he was capturing right. even though i didn't know what it was look like. i knew he was killing it yeah. so i was i was kind of excited to see it and also you know chris nolan is no soft banana mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so move, you know they got another movie. Yeah.
0: What was he like to work with then?
1: Uh, smart, separated, and yet you know he's watching every molecule movement you make. Hmm. Right.
0: Now he put some you know fantastic movies out there for everyone. He, he sure does. Yeah. So when you're home or you're traveling, you have some free time, what do you watch? Like, what interests you?
1: Well, I'll be honest with you. For the past, since January, now working on, no, not since January. Since it's, uh, I guess, late March. No. No Valentine's days. I've been watching chick flicks. Okay. Because all these movies that I've avoided for the 30 years of our, of our relationship, from... from from a Sleepless in Seattle to Davao, all those chick flicks. I've always avoided them. I've seen every single one of them, mm-hmm. and and I have to say, I enjoy every single one of them. But I did not think I would. I right. got the yeah. wife. The wife cornered me and said, "You're watching these movies because they're worth it. Now sit down and shut up." So <laughs> I did. And
0: they're great. You can't call this movie a uh, chick flick, The Expendables, which had basically every re- action star from the 80s in there, you know, by yeah. Sly Stallone. Uh, what was that experience like?
1: It was like boys camp. Yeah. I mean, truly like boys camp. Everybody was so cool. And everybody was so physically oriented. <laughs> and it was just, it was boys camp, man. And Slice Stallone is a great boss, you know? We all know he's a good actor, right? Well, real good director, man. I mean, he's a really great director. He pays attention, dude. He knows how to do his stuff, and uh, he's also fun, and he's funny, and uh, and you know, he's the boss. It's his set. In fact, there was an actor in part two who uh, I was not involved, but he uh, a Sly slide, a slide told me the story himself. He said this actor changed line of dialogue, and he says, "Who wrote that?" He said. Me, it's a better line or something than what I had before. And, you know, you know, you know, slide wrote the script. Right. Said, you're fired. Well, I mean, and he was a name actor. I mean, slide, Sly, Slide's a professional. Slide didn't mess around. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's, he certainly, uh, you know, has the cachet now to, to, to
1: do that. So,
0: <laughs>
1: but, you know, the movie system has always worked best. It's a fascist system. You have a dictator and everybody else. Right. And that's how it's always worked best.
0: So Eliza, I know you um, were an actress too, and you were in one of the legendary movies of all time, Animal House.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Can you can you watch that movie if it comes on? Because it's on like every day.
2: Yeah, I can. I can watch it. Um, I'm sort of better at watching stuff right. that I'm in than Eric is at watching stuff that he's in. Um, yeah, I'll I'll catch it once in a while because it's really funny and it holds up. Yeah. Um it's, you know, as times have changed, it's viewed differently. I'm not sure that people really realize that it's, you know, that's the whole point is it's tongue in cheek and it's making fun of some really stupid stuff that used to go on. Um, but yeah, for me, it's like watching a family movie or something. It's all my friends. I'm still friends with all those people. Um, I'm still acting as a matter of fact, a lot lately. I don't know what's, what's happening exactly, but, um, but my new age category seems to be pretty popular. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, we had no idea when we made that movie that it was gonna be, you know, it was gonna get any attention at all. We were very stunned.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if you can make that movie now.
2: No, you, I think you can't. I mean, for one thing, it was, it was supposed to take place in the 50s, so it was a period piece where we made it in the late 70s. But I think that now, all that time is kind of mushed together. So younger audiences now um, would think that we were you know, we were commenting, we were allowing for things during a whole fifty-year span that really were not cool. So, um, so in the late seventies, it made sense. Uh, now I think you probably couldn't make it. Right. That's true.
0: Yeah. Thankfully, they haven't tried to remake it. That would be a disaster. Yeah, they're remaking
2: so many things, yeah. and there's no way to really update Animal House.
0: Right, absolutely. Eric, I know you've done you know, soaps recently and then getting your start in the career. How, how difficult was that for you,
1: doing soaps? Well, I'm one of my biggest fans, but I've never been worse than I was as a kid on the soap, except as a grown-up on the soap, I was worse the second time. <laughs> I can't do soap work. I'm not cut for it. I'm bad at it. I I, I am not a good soap opera actor. Because you have to be able to instantly memorize, not improv. It's all off the page. and do not deviate. Because I used to deviate off the page sometimes when I was on soap the first time when I was a kid, when I was 19. And I, and I got called in by Paul Roush, who's now gone. But Paul said to me, Are you a writer? I said, Nope. He said, that's right. I hire writers. You are an actor. You will not change your dialogue ever again. You understand me? If you do, I'll fire you. I said, yes, sir. No sweat. About four months went by and I changed the line. I don't know what happened or why I thought I could, but I did. I thought it was okay. It was not not a big change. Big enough. He fired me. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. You think that was probably the best
0: thing that could happen to you?
1: Well, in the big picture, it all worked out because a month later, I had my first I had my first feature come. Right. But, but it was it was a bad move on my part. It was silly to uh, to think I could you know do what I'm without what I'm told not to you know. Right. Yeah. So so
0: now I like you basically come in and you know you, you do cameos and stuff like that. So how how long does it take you to prepare for a role these days?
1: It depends on the role, but you know. I'm a homework junkie. I mean, when back in the day, when I get an offer, like in January, we're starting in September, like Pope, I got offered in January of that year. I get the script and the book from the directors. They say, pick a part. Paulie or Charlie. I pick Paulie. They say, we want you to pick Charlie. I said, but I like Polly. Okay. Well then we'll go out to make your work for Charlie. And, uh, and, and, th- and then we had until September to prep. So I lost 30 pounds, permed my hair, got the accent down, studied those guys downtown, really got, got the whole matterism down, you know, those, those guys have. It was a lot of homework, but I had eight months. I mean, it was unbelievable, the luxury. <laughs> and, so, and so I like I, I like I I learned how to have permed hair, how to treat it, how to walk with it, how to have it. I mean, I had the time. But those were the days when they did that for you. They allowed you, okay, you have a part. It belongs to you, and, and we'll see you on the 7th September. And only every once in a while would the movie fall apart. And most of them all went when they are supposed to. And uh there weren't many movies, you know. So it was but 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 now there are hundreds made every week all over the world because everybody has a camera. So it's a whole different thing now. So now I get up like I was up with this movie. I had one day's prep in between being in a night shoot on the movie, yeah. I had a day off, and then I was on this. Uh, so Thirty-six hours after I wrapped one movie, I was back on the set and I and I and I taught for fifty-six pages out of seventy-eight. So I told them that particular movie I can only do if I have two cards, but I'll be very familiar with you, you will not see me read a card. Yeah. And he didn't like it, the director, but he said, I don't like that. I said and so and so I shut him a movie and he says, Okay, so so we did it. And uh, he helped me. But uh, we uh, we got away with it, and uh, but you know it's uh, it's like anything else. We're pretending,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. Eliza, how often do you travel with her?
2: Usually, I I usually do. He's you know right now he's shooting. By the way, he's playing two roles, two lead roles in this movie, and oh. it's in and it's also on location. It's in New York, so. Um, so it was quite a, quite, and, the, and the script, like with most good scripts, was going through rewrites all the time. So it really was no prep. He's absolutely right. Um, usually I go with him, um, you know, at least three quarters of the time. This time I did not um, for health reasons and and, um, and also, you know, sometimes it's just logistically impossible. But usually I'm there with him and it goes really smoothly um you know because basically we're always in pre-production production and post-production at the same time hmm. so all the other stuff stuff like this interview you know can happen pretty easily if i'm if i'm around right um and we've seen the whole world i mean it's and we bring the kids whenever we can also that's great we, we beg them to accompany us Yeah. So, you
1: know our, our first trip is a family unit was to south africa and our first day there a baboon herd group whatever they're called came into our camp and like hi guys and I'm like wow look at that and then this big baboon stands up to the ball so I'm like "Ooh, I guess we'll wait."
2: yeah and we they made all... friends with Keaton with our son Keaton right. who just connects with the animals so beautifully so <laughs> they were they were regulars it was us and the baboons the whole time we were there pretty cool oh,
0: yeah yeah I know your son he's also big into music right
2: yes yeah He's a recording artist and you, you know, if you hear his songs, his name is Keaton Simons, Keaton, like Keaton, Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S. And if you hear his songs, the reason they probably sound familiar is because they've been used in so many films and television shows. Um, and he also performs, obviously. He was in the middle when the pandemic hit, he was in the middle of a sold out stadium tour in Europe with Brett Young and they did half their dates and then they were sent back. So, um, Uh, Yeah, all these, all these industries are going to change. And it's always interesting with artists, you know, whether they're athletes, actors, or recording artists, um, what's it going to be like without audience feedback? Um, Because, you know, you try very hard to just give your, be your own audience and, and to feel confident no matter what. But, you know, usually performers are junkies for that adulation. And it's going to be really interesting when it's not there. Yeah
0: gonna have to walk around with a uh, applause track on your phone. Yeah,
2: exactly. That, that'll work. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. <laughs> exactly. So, if you're walking down the street, someone approaches you. They say, I know you from which role?
1: Uh, it's about a half dozen of them are about equal. That's Pope, Best of the Best, Runaway Train, and a bunch of TV stuff. Talked
2: by my doctor. Um, he's talking to my doctor uh, like
1: all over the world for the past five years, all over the world uh, in airports. Oh my God, there's a doctor. I'm like, wow, this doctor got famous. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, that, 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 yeah, that, that took on a whole new life, those movies, didn't they? <laughs> True. It's weird. Yeah. They love them. Yeah. And I hear about, I, I hear I hear reviews of them in every airport I'm ever in, no
0: matter what
1: country. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And you mentioned best of the best, which is you know fantastic. How much training did you have for that one?
1: Well, I I I had a little martial arts in my background, but you know that those 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 movies are all you know, choreographed like dance. That's all. And uh, and you uh, you were just uh, it's a lot of practice because it's all about timing and placement for the camera. It's right. it's not it, it's all for the audience. It's not for the people fighting like it is in real life. You know.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like how Stallone choreographed the Rocky movies.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. But guys, this was fantastic. I wish you nothing but the, the best. Uh, eric, welcome shooting the movie, and hope you guys you know see each other real soon.
2: Aw, thank you. It was really fun. Bye, everybody.
0: And a special thanks to Eric for joining me today. Check out his website, Eric robertsactor.com he's on twitter at eric roberts and if you have a guest suggestion hit me up on twitter at the first and all one nine or like the page Living My Youth on facebook go to itunes check out all the past episodes we've had while you're there please rate and view the show don't have itunes not a problem shows on soundcloud it's also on podbean and go to livingmyyouth.threadless.com for all your merchandise t-shirts hoodies phone cases it's all there new episode comes out every wednesday sometimes thursday we'll see you next week everybody